God has really blessed me. You know, he let me work in D.C., let me work with EIB and Hollywood and Silicon Valley. And he's shown me through all those experiences that there is one problem and one solution, and that's why we do this show. Welcome to A Disciple's View with Todd Herman. When the God of the universe created the world, he didn't snap his fingers and God didn't wink his eye. The Lord spoke. He said, let there be light. And because we believe we speak about the happenings in this world, even as we remain mindful that our true home is with Jesus Christ and his kingdom, I'm Todd Herman. Welcome to A Disciple's View. What is the uh, top news story of the day? The elections. I mean, from a radio programming perspective, in, in conservative radio, it's the elections. It's the results. It's the fact that the Republican National Committee is a clown show and that it was outspent, outmessaged, outorganized again. That's the big story from conservative. It's a good story. It's good, good, easy talking points. Uh, the fact is that the Democrat message across the country is abortion and Ukraine and Donald Trump is going to put you in prison. The national message from the Republicans is, well, some Ukraine, some Israel, some other things. Uh, there's shining spots in the Republican caucus. There's people who, in fact, worship God and speak openly about that. I was going to say proudly, but I guess we could boast in Christ, right? So what's the top story from God's perspective? The state of Ohio has created a constitutional amendment uh, enshrining in law murder that's now legal there. Well, if you're small, if you're a small person, that's, you're legally able to be murdered. Uh, it's not news to God. Is it the top story? Well, it's not news because he knows what's coming. Is it the top story? What is the top story for God? You may have seen, and, and I didn't grab the audio because we'll, we'll probably grab it, but it's going to take a lot of bleeping. Um, a guy who just appeared to be, have lost it, just had a, a screw go loose in his head. Went after a pole greeter in Virginia, and it looked exactly, it looked like the place where I used to live. Just, in fact, I think it was the place I used to vote. And this pole greeter simply following the law, standing the right distance away from the poll, handing out Republican sample ballots so you could see how the Republican Party of Virginia would have you vote. And this citizen, apparently a Democrat, was so unhinged, he couldn't stop saying the F word, couldn't stop calling the guy, blood is on your hands, you stole my vote, you, you, you instituted a violent insurrection, a, a, a coup, in fact. That's not the top story. This is a disturbing video. It really is disturbing. So Glenn Youngkin, the governor in Virginia, is not going to have a legislative majority. Is that the top story? What is the top news from God's perspective? I think abortion's up there. It's a dangerous thing to try to think like God, but I actually think it's something else. The news. So what would it be? Well, the kingdom of heaven is near. It's here now. Repent. Accept the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Be baptized by him. 
agree to go on mission with him, to be changed by him, to go and make disciples of all nations, telling people to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Still the good news. But was that where your head was at today? In that good news? Some trust in chariots and horses. Another translation I heard this morning, some boast, some nations boast of their chariots and horses. Others boast in the word of God. Guess which ones are going to fall? Live by the sword, die by the sword. So should we change our walk? Or should we continue to walk in the sandals, after the sandals of the Lord Jesus? Well, if eternity, if eternity is our plan, then we only have one way to go, right? And only one set of steps to follow. And only one gate and only one door and only one vine. I think that's the good news. I think if you were to ask God, what is the top news story? He would say, that. It's still disturbing, particularly looking at the fact that the Republican National Committee is hapless. I used to work there. I was in the leadership team. And to watch this level of haplessness is, well, it sucks the breath from me. How hard is a national message? Here's one. Stop the crime. Here's one. Close the borders. Every major city is now a border, a border city, and it is crushing Democrat politicians in local races. You have cities like Chicago, where people who traditionally vote almost instinctively for Democrats are up in, well, I was going to say up in the faces of, and that's really true. They are up in the faces of Democrat politicians who are allowing their cities to be overrun by illegal immigrants. That could be a national message. How about school choice? That could be a national message. Or how about this? In any of these states where abortion became an issue, and the Democrats, we knew they were going to do that. Matt Walsh made the suggestion, and it's a good one. Did anyone try running a TV ad showing what happens to a baby in a late-stage abortion? Just show it. You're voting for this? This is what you want to vote to enable. And there'd be people who would say, yeah. I think God is calling his people out of Egypt. Am I talking about mass migration out of these fallen states? For some, you have to. For some, you have to protect your family. But no, no, we don't need to leave a state to leave the mental control of the state. We need to have our minds on eternity. We need to trust in the Lord, which means even in this election, it's okay. God is taking us to heaven and the new earth. It's going to be okay. We cannot rely on the institutions of man to save us. We cannot trust in them. They're nice to have. We should build them. We should steward them well. Leaders are called to do that, but we cannot trust in them. To trust in a thing is to believe it will never go away. Only God is that. And yeah, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. And you look at a reminder from 2020. Andy Bashir, the governor of Kentucky who won uh, re-election, he warned people who chose to go to church that their license plates would be reported. 
Well, there was a bad flu, you see, with a 99.87% survival rate. Average age of death of people who died from COVID, 82. Average number of comorbid factors, about six. But yeah, he won re-election. It's disturbing. So given all the wins by Democrats, 73% of the country still thinks we're headed in the wrong direction and President Trump is leading figurehead Biden, which deeply disturbs the people at ABC. Between our chief Washington correspondent, John Carl John, in addition to our poll, New York Times has a poll out this morning showing that Donald Trump is leading in five out of the six big battleground states. Now, presidents have come back in the past, Ronald Reagan, Barack Obama, but this is tough news for Joe Biden. Look, this is a wake-up call. This is frightening for not just the Biden White House, not just for Democrats, but for anybody who fears what a return to a Trump presidency would mean. Yes. Lower gas prices and fewer wars. Yeah, that's tough to take. Who could ever think of such a thing? The trial, the thing they're doing to President Trump is not helping them. Because people know, even Democrats know, that Washington, D.C. is a pot, a pit of corruption. Everybody understands that Nancy Pelosi's gotten rich through playing off of her office. Same with figurehead Biden. I think there's a lot of people going, you care about this guy's private business? And yet, it is disturbing to look at the election results, though far less if you look at the results of eternity. (laughs) In balance, it's a blink. In balance, it's a bump. It's a disturbing bump. But incidentally, just spoiler alert, this nation, this earth is... It's fallen. The prince of the air reigns, but not over those of us who are with the Lord Jesus. Not at all. So big question, how can people vote for Democrats given the utter ruin of the country under the figurehead Biden? Maybe they all get their news and analysis from people like Leslie Jones of The View. When, when I got to SNL, there were so many things that I learned about that I didn't even know. Like seriously, the electoral college, I didn't know about that. I was just... Don't, I know you're going to be mad when I say this. I did think it was a college college. I thought. (laughs) No, maybe she's joking. I don't think so. Sounds like a confession. And by the way, good for her. It's okay to confess having been ignorant about something, but how much are you ignorant about today to this moment right now? We're going to talk in the next segment about the organized effort to continue to censor what people like Leslie Jones is allowed to know from your government and we're going to continue to compare that to god almighty who is pro-free speech it's important to understand the lines that are being painted i think god's saying hey let's make the pass fail test super easy i hope we pass it i agree with people who hate war and its brutality and i still recognize why israel's out to destroy hamas Listen to ABC's John Muir ask Bibi Netanyahu six times for what Muir calls a humanitarian pause in Israel's response to the Hamas attack. Do we have that ready? Ah, can't get that one to play. Six separate times. John Muir on ABC kept going back to the pot saying, but Bibi, but, but, but Prime Minister, a humanitarian pause. Yeah, I understand the instincts, and I understand the captives. 
two-year-old children taken captive by Hamas. And Israel has said, hey, give us the captives back and we'll stop this. Well, they mean stop it for a bit because they're out to destroy Hamas. Maybe that's the top story in God's mind. I don't think so because I think it is still the good news of the gospel. This has not gotten the attention it should. And let's see if we can figure out why. Uh, There's reports, this comes from Newsmax TV foreign policy uh, analyst Walid Farez. There's reports from uh, West Darfur that 773 African civilians, including mostly teenagers, women, and elderly, were massacred by jihadists in the uh, Janina area. Hundreds of people burned, detained, brutalized on their way to Exodus to try to get out. Maybe that's the top story. That there is a faith that is right now, once again, once again, showing the fruits of that faith. Not everybody. I always want to say that because there's a chance that a Muslim is listening to this going, oh, there they are talking about me and they don't know me. No, 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 we don't know you. We just know that your faith has a real problem and that it is a faith of violence. Uh, Not you. But what does that mean for you if you're a Muslim who just happened to tune into one of the 184 FM stations? What does that mean? If the activities of your faith on a global basis don't describe you, it's not what's in your heart. Are you sure you're practicing the right faith? Or are you maybe someone who should hear what I think is the top story of the day from the perspective of God, which is that the kingdom of heaven is here, that you can repent of your sins, be baptized in the Lord Jesus, and see the world through a different perspective, which is where redemption comes not at the point of your spear, but through the blood already shed by a savior who did that simply because he loves you. We'll come back and talk about the continuing efforts on behalf of government, to make sure we don't get to have complete context of news events so that we can make intelligent decisions. God himself is pro-free speech, not the government and not Silicon Valley. I'm Todd Herman. This is A Disciple's View. serious is the government about making sure that we don't get to have a complete view of things uh there has been there's a series of panels going on between people who are enthusiastic about using the power of government and tech to limit what we know and what we see but i want you to rest assured that they are they're doing this to make sure that we see the right things and never see any disinformation or any lies or misinformation. So they've got that handled. See, they have this magic machine and it measures things like a scale. They just drop rhetoric on it and it's, it says true, false, misinformation, disinformation. 
Oh, it's not. No, it's no. Gosh, no. I was going to say, is, is it the Bible? No, gosh, no, no, no. We do that under disciples' view. And incidentally, I'm Todd Herman. Thank you for being here. No, gosh, no. Uh, in fact, they often censor that which they know to be true, but bothersome. And I know that there has been great efforts to at least expose this. Elon Musk, of course, when he purchased Twitter, went out and allowed journalists to look under the hood and to see just how much of, a, of an adjunct of the Intel services Twitter it was. And Facebook is. And uh, YouTube, in my judgment, is. Facebook definitely is. And YouTube, well, they admit well, we just turn our thinking over to the World Health Organization when it relates to COVID and, and, and the authorities when it relates to other issues. So that's never really stopped. In fact, John Roberts' Supreme Court said, gosh, this is so complicated. We really have to study if the government can censor the speech of Americans using private contractors as joint state actors. We really need to study that. Maybe there's something we've missed in the First Amendment. As if the First Amendment is something where you could peel it off and look on the back. Oh my gosh! We missed the part where the founders of the country said, unless the information's not true or we don't like it. Oh golly, this clears it up. <laughs> but that's not real. That, there's, no, there's no lifting the First Amendment and looking on the back of it. It's not a lick and stick. I think it was men inspired by God to recognize rights God gave us. Well, how could you say God gave us the right of free speech? Well, open your mouth and sounds come out. And I will continue to contend that the, 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 the shutting down of speech is the shutting down of our ability to express our connection to God. I believe our conscience is tied to our soul. Sometimes we do things that hurt our conscience and it can hurt our soul. Why? Because it hurts God. And so when we express these things, we express our conscience, we are getting very, very close to expressing, well, how we relate with God. Not to mention the fact that it's, of course, speech is one of the great ways that we can spread the word of God. Oh, that's being censored too, but just not here. Not yet. You probably heard about, in fact, I know we played the audio of um, Stephen Crowder who broke the story about the Nashville so-called shooters, the murderer, uh, the young woman who went into a covenant school and murdered children. It's newsworthy. It should have been released. It's horrible that the parents have to hear it again. It's horrible. It's dreadful that the students have to be aware of it. It sickens me. And... And we were told by the authorities that there was no discernible ideology in this murderer. That was not true. The ideology of gender ideology is an ideology of the sexual left. Referring to the kid's white privilege, as she did, is the ideology of the left. Calling them the slur, a slur for, for same-sex attracted people well, that's not of the left. That's, no, that's, that's of someone who got conned by the left into getting shot up with testosterone, I think. So we see the perfect encapsulation of where too many people will be taken if they give in to the secular hatredism of the left. Yes, secular hatredism. Making of kids racist, drug-addicted, gender-confused little sex bots.
I think we need to know these things. Facebook doesn't. Facebook has censored that manifesto. YouTube has censored that manifesto. In fact, YouTube, if you post anything to do with that, like Stephen Crowder or um, the people at the Babylon Bee retweeted Stephen's report, you're being banned or suspended for being part of a criminal organization for spreading investigative journalism, the results of it. A criminal organization. Jim Jordan and the Weaponization of Government Committee continues to uncover the degree to which Stanford and other fallen institutions, Stanford's utterly fallen, worked with the State Department and the Department of Homeland Security and CISA, the government organization, to shut down the speech of Americans. And people who like to do this have been giving a series of panels. Noel Roth was effectively the chief censor at Twitter And he loved letting people know that he was in meetings with FBI agents and CIA agents. So Yoel Roth spoke at a UCLA panel on the public pressure against the censorship industry. I think we're seeing now the pendulum swing in the other direction. And the question is, why is it swinging? And I would argue it's swinging because of exactly those same dynamics of public pressure that prompted the investment in the first place. On one hand, that's great. Like, it sounds like all of the pressure on platforms really drove a meaningful impact. But we're now seeing it swing in the exact opposite direction. And it's not just Elon Musk firing everyone. Like, sure, he did that. But why did he do it? He did it because we took our foot off the gas. No, you didn't take your foot off the gas. You stayed both feet on the pedal, never apologizing for lying to America about the Hunter Biden laptop. You meddled in an election. You helped rig it. You and your colleagues bragged about it. There's a Time Magazine article that is the most important article about the 2020 election because the people bragged about, you better believe we teamed up. We saved the country by destroying election integrity. We saved America by rigging an election, at least mentally, up to and including being willing to call for street violence if the rigging didn't go the way they wanted it to. There's, there's, there's no self-reflection. There's not a moment of stepping back. And what I find, I guess, and where my flesh gets into this a little bit, and Lord Jesus, help me, how dare you speak? How dare you, Yoel Roth, how dare you utter words? You might say something false. You might have been misled about something. Your opinions might harm me. How dare you speak? If you're a proponent of censoring others and you're a proponent of hiding facts from people because those facts could lead to a bad conclusion in your mind, How dare you utter words? This is what you argue for. The censorship industry never, ever, once it begins, it never voluntarily takes a step backwards. There's always words that bother someone. And there's always ideas. Even when the ideas have been absolutely, soundly destroyed. For instance, in this clip, this is what Roth says about Russian interference. We've stopped treating election security like an existential question. We've let it become politicized. 
we're no longer even occupying a shared reality where we can all agree that Russian interference was a thing that happened in 2016 and that that's bad, right? Russiagate is now treated as a conspiracy. It's a partisan question. Uh, wow. Election security. He's talking about the spread of ideas harming election security. He participated in refusing to spread facts about Hunter Biden. He did. Oh, and no, Russiagate is not treated as a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy. The participants in that knew for certain that the Russian dossier came from Hillary Clinton's opposition research team. They knew that was the source origin, origin of source. They knew it wasn't true. They signed on anyway. And you guys amplified it. Who says, well, the millions and millions of dollars spent trying to pin this on Trump say, the discovery through that, that this was, that they lied to the FISA court says, the documentation says, but again, these are ideas that cannot be allowed to circulate. Russia is going to continue to interfere in our elections. And you know what? If they're doing that with rhetoric, not hacking our systems, then that's a fact of free speech. And I, for one, as a favor, uh, someone who favors free speech, I'll take that any day over people like Joel Roth deciding what we get to see. Why? Why would I have that position? Because I go right back to, what does God do? Did Jesus Christ shut down speech he didn't like? Nope. He could have with a wink of an eye, but he didn't. But there is this industry of censorship, and they love it. Now, I do not know uh, the full opinion of this, uh, this woman in this next clip. I know her, and I consider her to be very, very bright, very diligent, super smart. But I don't know how her politics has changed. I don't know about her walk with the Lord. I just want to be clear on that. I don't want to provide false witness. So as I said, Katie Harbath is someone with whom I used to work. She places the burden on the public to, quote, panic responsibly. And there's a lot of concern right now about what this might look like as we go into 2024. And I'm really worried because it's the biggest year of elections around the globe. So I know we'll probably talk a lot about the U.S. today, but it's really important to know that it's the first time ever in the history that you're going to have in the same year as the U.S. presidential election, elections in India, Indonesia, maybe Ukraine, Taiwan, Mexico, the U.K., the European Parliament. There's 65 elections across 50, 65 national level elections across 54 countries. So that's a lot of fronts for these platforms to, to cover. I am nervous about that's just a lot of chaos. It's a lot of chaos. That's a lot of different things that could play off of one another. My, my implore to everybody is to panic responsibly as we go funny. into all of this. It's a funny line, Katie. Um, why are you spun up about this? Uh, no, honestly. Honestly, why are you concerned that people might lie? Because people are going to lie. Because people have lied since the moment that they didn't go to God and say, hey, there's a snake here. He says we should eat the fruit that you didn't want us to eat. It's part of the sin problem. Yoel Roth, the guy who was the chief censor at Twitter, as I describe him, Yoel Roth was at a Vox Media Code conference. 
and it reported that lawsuits involving, quote, disinformation research university centers were also crippling their impact. Hundreds of university researchers, people who are not usually in the limelight, they're writing some papers, they have some graduate students. University researchers are now getting sued and are subject to discovery in these lawsuits and have to turn over thousands of emails between them and their students and about research projects for ultimately frivolous and vexatious lawsuits about, I don't know, censorship or something. Okay, do you hear him trolling? Censorship or something? No, not or something, censorship. You became a joint state actor. You were doing work on behalf of the government the government itself is not allowed to do. It's not censorship or something, it's censorship. I'm so very sorry that you also find the legal system of the United States to be deeply inconvenient. Yoel Roth says lawsuits have been effective. Did I just say that? No, Yoel Roth says lawsuits have been effective in halting government collaboration with tech companies on matters of censorship. Nobody's talking. The strategy works even when it loses in court. And that's really what worries me. It's a chilling effect. You don't actually need to prohibit government from talking to platforms. You just need to scare them into not doing it. It's what they're doing to academics. It's what they're doing to folks working in government. And it's what they're doing to the platforms themselves. And the result of it is Because they don't that, know what's going to happen. So they'd rather be exactly. vicious, correct? Because the alternative is getting roped into a lawsuit, getting hauled in front of the Judiciary Committee, having a public hearing where Marjorie Taylor Greene calls you a pedophile. Like, those are the consequences. Did she do that? Well, it's me, yeah. Huh? Now, why did she do that? You know, why, why, why did she do that? Did it have to do with anything you post on a consumer basis? Did it have to do with anything you've said about adults being allowed to have sex with children? Why did she say that? Was it misinformation? Because I've seen your tweets. Alex Santos of the so-called Election Integrity Project brags about their active role in threatening major platforms to adopt new censorship policies ahead of the 2020 election. My suggestion is if people want to get the, the platforms to do stuff is first, you got to push for written policies that are specific and that give you predictability, right? And so this is something we started in the summer in August is, as Kate talked about, Carly Miller led a team from, from all four institutions to look at the detailed policies of the big platforms and to measure them against situations that we expected to happen. Now, we're not going to take credit for all the changes they made, but there, we had to update this thing like eight or nine times, right? And so, like, putting these people in a grid to say, you're not handling this, you're not handling this, not handling this, creates a lot of pressure inside of the companies and forces them to kind of grapple with these issues because you want specific policies that you can hold them accountable for. The second is when you report stuff to them, report how it's violating those written policies, right? So there's two steps here, get good policies and then say, this is how it's violating it. We will have our statistics, right? But I think we were pretty effective. Incidentally, the uh, people fighting against the government censorship uh, with big tech, they haven't lost in court. No, no, the big case is moving forward. It hasn't lost. In fact, it's gained ground. When we come back, uh, we'll get into the tire babbling, but didn't you just say in your head, but don't, what do they think about the First Amendment? You're going to hear from a guy named Brandon Tucker on a UCA, UCLA panel about what he thinks about the First Amendment. Plus, none of this tech stuff stops with speech. I've said for eight years that the tyranny is going to go right down into limiting your movement your freedom of movement. That's coming. 
I'm Todd Herman. This is The Disciples View. Thanks for supporting American Family Radio. You make it uh, very, very difficult for censors to get at us. Your financial support makes it difficult to cancel. I'm Todd Herman. This is Disciples View. Coming up, our Tower Babbling feature, and then we'll wrap up the show. There's a lot to get to, and so let's get to it. We just spoke in the last segment about the ongoing effort by teams of people who, honestly, through their own words... Uh, you can see that they fancy themselves far, far, far smarter than all of us. And so they're out there to protect us, to make sure that we are not taken in by misinformation, even when the misinformation is true. It's something that we are not, uh, we're not, we're not capable of, of judging in, in proper context, so we must never see it. And we've been hearing largely the words of a guy named Yoel Roth, who I describe as the chief censor at uh, Twitter, working with government and became, in my judgment, a joint state actor, meaning he was working on behalf of government, therefore was government, therefore he's a censor. It's not a platform decision. It's not, hey, you're not a tech guy anymore. You now work for government. And we've heard them say that, oh my goodness, some people in academia have actually had to respond to lawsuits to look at their, quote, research into disinformation. No, it's not to look at their research. It's to look at how they use their positions at Stanford to, to shut down the speech of Americans in concert with government. That's what it's to look at. And Yoel Roth finds that very, very offensive that academics have to respond to something as minor as the judicial system. So people are probably in their minds saying, yeah, Todd, I know that God is pro-free pro speech. Obviously, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. I know that God's not going to punish me. I'm not, and I, there's a lot of people saying, I understand that their earth's fallen. We talked about the top story. What would it be in God's mind? I still think it's the good news of Jesus, personally. But as well, people going, but what do these people think about the First Amendment? These people so gleefully censoring Americans and what Americans are allowed to see. Well, I think this is a good and quick encapsulation of that. UCLA panelist Brandon Tucker says that upholding the First Amendment is just different online. It's just different in, in, in the social space. And I, I don't, you know, this is going to be figured out by somebody much smarter than me. Um, but I, I do think that, again, with that level uh, of power, there has to be an additional layer of responsibility that may not be equal uh, to all users, but necessary for the public good. Ah, necessary for the public good. Thank you for adding that part, Brandon. Yes, that's why in the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, our framers said that free speech, it exists, but some people get more of it than others. The right people get more free speech than others. That's why they said that when they wrote the First Amendment. That's why they said, yeah, free speech. Yeah, that's a thing. 
unless you're speaking in front of more than 30 people, at that point, though, we need to intervene. It actually was about protecting the ability of people to be pamphleteers, which was the social media of its day, to write papers criticizing the government. It wasn't just saying words. The framers were not unaware of the ongoing march of technology. They were aware that at one point, you had to distribute written copies of the Bible. Then Gutenberg came. And now people as radical as Benjamin Franklin could print their own books. That's why they went back and redid the First Amendment to say, unless you sell more than 500 books, in which case the government is going to need to look over your shoulder. (laughs) Phenomenal. One of the most uh, scary aspects of a Republican democracy, Republican form of democracy, is the mixing of arrogance and ignorance. That is a lethal combination. Oh, and then there's this. I have been accused of being a conspiracy theorist for just about everything. But this one really drove people nuts when I said, you understand, of course, that the insane obsession with forcing everybody to buy an electric car has nothing to do with the cars being electric. They're quite aware of the fact that they're going to force people to buy electric cars and then they come along and say, oh, goodness, we don't have enough electricity. Well, let's go back to oil and let's go back to natural gas. And they know that they're just turning over inventory. But there's something else. You know why states like California want to ban people from or ban the selling of cars that aren't electric? It's because all new cars are going to be government controlled. You hear the phrase self-driving car? That's no, no, it's, it's the tech propels it. But who makes the rules of where it goes? And more importantly, when, when it goes, the government. So it's not just speech they want to recall. These people don't just want to censor speech. As I've said for, like I said, about eight years, they intend to get you to drive your car or to to get control over how you drive your car on any given day at any given second. Representative Thomas Massey wanted to prevent that. We don't need this federally. We don't need it automated. I think there's privacy concerns. In order for this technology to work, you actually need to know where the car is to know if the driver's doing a good job on that particular road. And um, so this kill switch amendment would just defund implementation of Section 24220 so that you can know your car is not going to shut you down in the middle of the road. And I thank you. I urge consideration of these amendments by our committee, and I yield back. Yeah, and uh, the phone ringing, that's not us. That's, that's in the sound clip. He's talking about the fact that the government has demanded kill switches in all new cars. So they can just turn them off. Oh, it's to prevent, uh, it's to prevent bad driving in, in drunk driving. That's what it's for. Well, and, you know, if you're speeding a lot. Oh, well, also, you know, if you're taking co- corners a little too quickly. and uh, Well, you know, also, if you haven't paid a parking ticket, then... Plus, if you're not really being responsible with when you drive, because there's a lot of people trying to get to where you're going, we might not be able to let you start your car right now. But just for those reasons, well, I mean, it might be that you've said some bad things. As determined by Yul Roth. And so we just can't let you drive. Sorry. Sorry about that. But there's buses and trains and such. The human desire for power over others, man, it's a big sin problem.
And God's not surprised. I find that a fascinating story, but it's not the top one. The top one is still the good news, that even Yul Roth can repent. On this program, we thank the Lord for placing the supposedly wise on tall towers of shaking sand with our feature called the Tower of Babbling. You know about the biblical truth of the Tower of Babel. A Disciple's View presents... And I hope that, uh, I think that uh, Prime Minister Xi, I mean, she has some, uh, some difficulties right now. The Tower of Babbling. This racist woman is Letitia James, uh, who ran to be AG of New York with one campaign promise to find a way to go after President Trump. Listen to her babble against skin color. And so we've got to stand up to the federal government. We've got to stand up to bullies. We've got to stand up to an, an administration which is too male, too pale, and too stale. Uh, I could say it this way. I could say, gosh, if we just get the blacks out of Chicago, people stop shooting each other. Want your city back? Get rid of the blacks. And it's filth. It's beyond babbling. It's filth. These are people created by God, loved by God. Just as our white people. And to the white woman who is in a state of rhapsody, Standing next to Letitia James, she says that, do you understand, madam, that the phrase too male, too, too pale can also be too female, too pale? Oh, and there is the topic, well, at least it should be a topic, about that lady's net worth. Letitia James, I understand it to be $15 million as a public servant. You know, there doesn't need to be a victim in New York for there to be financial fraud. Maybe we should look into that. That's the first of three stories in our Tower of Babbling segment. Maybe this guy, who's surrounded by his uh, full bookcases, can do a better job of explaining our political reality. The cult is white America, right? Trump is a representation of that culture. And so um, we have been indoctrinated that this is why we're trying to change our education system. And it's also why we can't because to, to fight an in, you know against indoctrination is to fight the indoctrinated, right? To break out of a cult is to fight the cult members. And the cult is whiteness. That's the cult. That's the indoctrination. That, that is the stylized information from the outside that can never be trusted. The reality of the racial hierarchy in this country. That is the cult. And so Trumpism are people that want to stay in the cult and the anti-racists and the liberals are the ones that have broken out of the cult, but the cult is still our dominant culture. It still controls the education system, politics, economics, all of this stuff. <laughs> yes, Trumpism clearly controls education. It's fascinating that that man cannot provide a definition of whiteness, and yet that's the cult. Is it possible that God's using the obvious hatred of the left, their hatred, as a, a clear affront 
to his command to love our neighbor? Is he using it as a way to rescue black Americans from the party of hatred? Black voters, 22% of black voters behind Trump. That is not seen in the modern era for a Republican frontrunner, right? I mean, wow. It's startling. <laughs> I, I, I looked at the, the Democratic response, uh, Kevin Munoz, the, the spokesman for Biden, and this idea that, you know, we have a year, we can turn things around. I think you have to look at this being a challenge from the very beginning, right? Black voters from the very beginning were saying that we will help you get Joe Biden into office. Um, but, you know, this is not necessarily our preference. Uh, this was uh, about democracy and saving democracy. And so here we are a year later. Uh, he has not been able to change their impression. Uh, well, it could be this. Maybe they've become white. I mean, it is a disease. <laughs> maybe they've caught it. Or maybe they're looking at their cities or what their kids are being taught. Or what was done under cover of COVID. Or funding two sides of the war between Israel and Iran and Hamas, three sides. Oh, wait, no, black people wouldn't do that. It's just about what? Black issues, whatever that means. And that's a wrap for today's Tower of Babbling. That was the Tower of Babbling. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in, uh, foot, foot. on a disciple's view. <laughs> oh, thank you, Team AFR. Hey, to wrap the show today, just a, a kind of a personal statement, an observation. And I don't want to take credit for this. Obviously, it would be God's credit in the first place. But uh, I also am not really sure that this is why this happened. But I was so thrilled the other night when my, my wife had made my daughter some food. My daughter's a vegan. And it's, that's, that's difficult to be a vegan. And my wife really worked hard on a meal for her, specifically for her in this case. Uh, and she's been working incredibly hard in college. We're very, very proud of what the Lord is doing with her. I'm thankful. And my daughter thanked my wife in such a beautiful way. I was just moved. Mom, thank you. You worked so hard to make such a beautiful meal. This really looks delicious. I want to take a picture of it. I loved hearing that. Now, uh, thank you, Mom. We go up to dinner, she'll say, thank you for paying for dinner, dad. Thank you for taking us. But that form of thanks, expressive, in other words, manifesting gratitude. Man, that's powerful. It's a manifest gratitude. And here's the part, I'm, I'm not sure this had anything to do with this, but for years, I've not been great at helping my wife feel needed. She said this to me many, many times. You are a self-contained unit. You, you do so much on your own. I often don't feel needed. One day, she was prep cooking for me. I eat the same foods about five times a day because of what I do in the gym. I said to her, you know what? I feel really loved when you cook that for me. Really, really, really loved. And my wife said, wow. I... I, I I've always wanted to hear that. And she now enjoys doing it more. I also make a habit of when we leave restaurants, when it's possible, without being a bother, to overtly thank the kitchen staff, the cooks, particularly at my daughter's favorite vegan restaurant. I always tell them, you guys are geniuses. And they are. Our kids are watching us 
even as they're older kids, even as they're legal adults. And by the way, who are we watching? Shouldn't we be watching our Father in Heaven for the modeling we need, no matter our age? Let's do that. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God values free speech, and He loves you. I'm Todd Herman. This is The Disciples' View. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.